0: You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast.
1: We are going to have some uh, quick fire preachers this morning. So 10 minute preachers. And one of the things I love about this is not only do, do we get to hear from different voices and different gifts, but also I love to see how the Holy Spirit weaves a thread. So these guys, I haven't given them a topic to say, can you all preach about this? I actually just said, can you all pray and hear God and preach what he tells you to preach? Um, And so, can I encourage you to be encouraging? Um, Can I exhort you? I'm jealous of the exhortation. Um, But to open your hearts to receive. So can we firstly welcome up Josiah Zanardo? Let's pray, let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for Josiah. Thank you for the word you've put on his heart. Lord, we open our hearts to receive. Would you anoint him this morning in Jesus' name? Amen.
2: Amen. Cool. Thanks, Matt. Hey, everyone. Um, it's an absolute privilege and honor to be preaching today. Um, when I was praying about what to preach on, I really felt God put on my heart uh, the same phrase over and over again. Uh, and the phrase was praising through the pain. So that is what I'm going to be sharing on today. Um, You know, often in church, even this morning, we sing lots of songs about how God is worthy of our praise. And I thought we could spend some time examining what does that actually mean? What does it mean that God is worthy, is deserving of our praise? Um, I think it's really important that we have a good revelation um, of the worthiness of God in worship. You know, beyond just singing some nice songs on a Sunday, but having a heart of worship, a heart after God. Uh, we need to settle in our hearts that in all seasons of life, uh, God is worthy of our praise. He is deserving of our praise. Um, you know, as humans, we are being designed to worship. No matter who we are, um, everyone worships something. We are being designed to, you know, lift our praise and adoration towards something we see as you know greater than. Everyone worships something. Some people, you know, worship money. Some people worship others. Some people even worship themselves. Um, (laughs) But ultimately, there's only one thing, or rather, one person who's actually deserving, actually worthy of our praise. That is, of course, God. Uh, He is the holy, holy, holy creator of the heavens and the earth. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In Psalm 150, the word says, Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with lute and harp. Praise Him with tambourine and dance. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with sounding cymbals. Praise Him with the loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. King Jesus is worthy of our praise. Um, You know, we praise Him because of His mighty deeds and His excellent greatness because of who he is and what he has done for us. You know, Jesus has already given us everything and done everything for us on the cross. Even if he never gives us anything else for the rest of our lives, that alone, his sacrifice and what he's given us already is more than deserving of all the praise and thanksgiving we have. The Bible says in Luke that even if we remain silent in our praise of Jesus, the very rocks will cry out his praise. And yet the king of the universe, this being of, you know, unlimited power, chooses to draw near to us, to be Emmanuel, the God with us, uh, whatever we are going through. But if I'm honest, and I'm sure some of you can relate, sometimes it can be difficult to praise God. You know, when we're dealing with the storms of life that come our way, sometimes the last thing we want to sing about is how good God is. You know, if there's one thing I think everyone can relate to, at least sort of on an experiential level, it's dealing with pain in life. If you have breath in your lungs, chances are you've gone through pain in life. Um, You know, sometimes we find ourselves in a place, you know, where we can't really feel God's presence, and we're struggling to hear His voice, and it's difficult to taste and see that He is good. And when we are in this place, this is where our faith gets tested. It's in this place that the revelation of the worthiness and holiness of God to be praised can sustain us in praising him. In Psalm 43, verse 5, the word says, Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. Uh, over the past couple of years, um, for me, this verse has you know, become very, very real for me in my journey of faith. Um, You know, when you're in the valleys of life, uh, dealing with a season of pain from personal experience, I can say that, you know, sometimes all we have left to give is an offering of praise to the King. Um, There's a great song I love by Ren Collective called I Choose to Worship. I just want to share some of the opening lyrics. It says, I choose to worship and I choose to bow. Though there's pain in the offering, I lay it down. Here in the conflict when doubt surrounds, though my soul is unraveling, I choose you now. Now, when we're going through life, when we're confronted, uh, when we're going through these difficult times in life, we're confronted with a choice. We can allow the situation, um, the thing we're going through, to become the focus, or we can choose to worship the king and lay it down at his feet. And in my experience, focusing on the king um, and worshiping him is actually what comforts us a lot more than trying to fix the situation ourselves. It seems um, sometimes a bit counterintuitive, but more often than not, the best way that we can, you know, get through the season of pain is by worshipping him and giving him glory. Um, so just to give a recent example of this, I'll, if I'm honest, I was really struggling to write this sermon, uh, and the moment that changed, the moment where it became a lot easier, I just. Um, God really put all the words on the page is when I started listening to worship music and praising him as I was writing it. <laughs> so you know, it works. <laughs> um, but as I mentioned before, it is when we are in this place uh, that our revelation of God's worthiness to be praised is really so integral. In Habakkuk 3 verse 17 to 18, the word says, "Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olive fail." and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stores. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. I think a really great example of this is found in Acts 16. It talks about the story of Paul and Silas in prison. In verse 25 and 26 it says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. Uh, I don't know about you, but I imagine it would be probably pretty difficult to praise when unjustly put in prison. But despite the situation surrounding them, Paul and Silas chose not to focus on the, the iron bars that were containing them, but they chose to worship God. Um, Paul and Silas had a revelation of the worthiness of God to be praised. They did not simply worship him because they were in prison, but because they had a life of worship, they had a heart of worshiping him. As it's said in the verse, it was midnight when they were praising God. So, you know, that indicates it's a constant state of worshiping. I think sometimes we find ourselves in all sorts of prisons in life. Sometimes they're literal prisons, but more often than not, they take the form of all different Matter of things. Perhaps it's financial difficulty or a breakdown of relationships. It may be mental health issues or, um, you know, uncertainty about the future. But through it all, we can choose to worship him. Now, this certainly doesn't mean that, you know, all our issues will evaporate, will disappear. Um, Speaking from personal experience, I I can assure you that often when we're praising God, uh, the pain's still there. It's not a matter of sort of ignoring the pain, pretending it doesn't exist, because it does. Life can be difficult, Um, but it's about acknowledging the pain, but then submitting it to the Lordship of Christ and choosing to worship regardless. Uh, So I really hope to encourage you all that regardless of what you're dealing with, just lay it at the feet of Jesus um, and glorify his holy name, for he is worthy of our praise.
1: I want us to respond to that before we, we move on. you just you close your eyes for a minute? I'd love Joey to pray for us.
2: Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for all that you've done for us. Lord, we thank you for your sacrifice on the cross, and we thank you that you are worthy of our praise, Lord. Father God, whatever people are dealing with, whatever they're struggling through, um, Lord God, I ask that you would just give them a revelation, a heart of worship that even in the midst of this struggle, even in the midst of the pain and the tears and the suffering, Lord, um, would you just give them a revelation that you are worthy of all praise, all thanksgiving we have is yours, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that you're not distant or far off in our suffering, Lord, but you choose to draw near to us, you comfort us, you're not a far off um, God in the sky, but you live with us, you are Emmanuel, the God with us. So, Lord, we just choose right now, Lord, to worship you, to lay it all down at your feet, and choose to focus on you. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Let's give him a hand again. <laughs> what a word. We're in for a feast this morning. Um, our next quickfire preach is Blake Malcolm. Can we welcome him? As he comes all the way from the back, let's welcome him up. Let's go, Blake. Let's pray for him. Lord, we thank you for Blake. Lord, I thank you for what you put on his heart. Lord, would, uh, would we receive and be enlarged by what you have to say? Lord, anoint him right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Good
3: morning, everybody. Okay, so, yes, I'm up here last year, um, Matt. Uh, at the privilege, mate give me a call saying, do you want to preach? Obviously, I was very nervous, and I said, well, what do you want me to preach about? And as he said, whatever's on your heart. So uh, out of obedience, I said yes. <laughs> now, my preach today is not on obedience. That, that's still very much a work in progress. Um, but something that happened in my life last year uh, that I want to share about is a journey of faith. So I want to talk about faith. Um, so, uh, for those that, that don't know, uh, last year Amy was nearly 28 weeks pregnant um, when she started bleeding. Um, it, it persisted for about 48 hours, and then when we thought things were getting uh, a little bit better, I think the motherly instincts kicked in. She realised something wasn't right. Uh, she, she prompted the doctors, um, they, they did an assessment, started seeing his little heart rate and everything, and they were concerned and thought he would be safer uh, if they they pulled him out. So uh, at uh, 28 weeks and and one day, um, out came our little Sonny. So he was born at a a very large 1.3 kilos or three pounds, um, and this created a whole new round of unknowns and concerns for us. Um, we didn't know if his lungs were going to develop. We didn't even know. I, di- I didn't even know babies could be born that young. Like, it all happened so, so quickly. Um, but uh, the, the big concern, though, was the development of his lungs. Now, at that age, and, and only being a day or two old, he did struggle a little bit, and unfortunately, we did nearly lose him on the second day. Um, in a moment, everything in our very, very busy lives became non-existent. We focused 100% on God and were very blessed to be a part of this community as the amount of prayer and support we received was was absolutely overwhelming. Sonny made it through the night, which we're very grateful for. In the morning, he had about six tubes coming out of him and a ventilator that was vibrating his body as his lungs could only handle a small uh, small capacity to take in oxygen. He did sustain a brain bleed and he had holes in his brain, which is still there, but God's good. Sonny's been a very, one of the rare cases in which his little brain has managed to nearly completely rewire, giving him a chance to have a, a normal, healthy life. We we're very fortunate that God answered our prayers. He also provided supernatural peace through the remaining two months that Sonny was in hospital. During the time in hospital, um, obviously there was a lot of uh, A lot of scripture, a lot of reading, a lot of prayer. Um, But one thing that constantly was, God was highlighting to me was the power of faith. Now, before uh, my walk with with God, with Jesus, um, I never actually fully understood what faith was. To be honest, even after I started believing, I still didn't really understand what faith was. Um, I thought faith was, was just an unjustified or hope in something that didn't exist. So. Don't boo me, that was before, that was the old me. Um, to my surprise, though, when I actually looked up the, the, the dictionary definition of what faith was, I wasn't that far off. Um, so it says a strong belief in doctrines of a, relig- uh, of a religion based on spiritual conviction rather than proof. Rather than proof, I thought, that's a little bit rude. Um, LAUGHTER So I I looked up the definition of proof and and part of the definition says a truth. So then I I reworded it and basically said that, you know, our belief in the Bible as truth is not based on truth. So, yeah, that was out the window. Um, Fortunately, he chatted to Mark and goes, how about you look at what the the biblical definition is? I said, yes, (laughs) good, Mark. A wisdom, there's a bit of wisdom there. Um, so, yes, Hebrews 11.1 one says, Now faith is the assurance or certainty of things hoped for and the conviction or proof or evidence of things not seen. So the two definitions are obviously quite different, almost like a definition of, of something in the flesh and something in the spiritual. Um, it goes on in Hebrews 11.6 uh, to say, And without faith... It, it is important. Sorry, I hope I wrote that right. Uh, wow, I didn't even give you the scriptures. <laughs> wow, God is good, um, and without faith, it is impossible to please Him. And whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. Thank, thank you. Team's fantastic. Um, now. So, yeah, I think my misunderstanding of faith prior to seeing God was that he was not tangible. It was not in my life. I was not seeking him. But as you press in, he becomes very tangible. His presence. We feel him. We know he exists. It's that certainty. So during this journey with Sonny, there were three passages of scripture that really highlighted or really highlighted to me. The first one was the discharge, um, or the, sorry, the lady that had been bleeding, the discharge of blood for 12 years. Um, Jesus walking through a crowd and she reached out just so she could touch his, his, his garment. Um, I think that the part that really stood out was in the scripture says, uh, or, or Jesus said, who was it that touched me? Um, and it was that Jesus didn't know what had happened or who had, had touched him, but he knew that power had left him. Um, now, it goes on to say, or Jesus turns around and says to her, daughter, your faith has made you well go in peace and i just thought wow like it was it was the action of having faith that he's the healer that she had that that redemption and that 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 faith not an action that that jesus did but it was her faith that provide that healing okay for time Um. (laughs) sorry um the, the next one was in the book of Daniel. Uh, so chapter 3, uh, it's when the king, and I'm not going to try and pronounce his name, I'll never get that right, but he made a decree that everyone will, would bow down and worship a gold image um, and, and worship the gold image every time the, the music played. Um, the king warned, there three men in, in that scripture, um, that if they do not bow down, um, that they will be thrown uh, into a, a burning, fiery fu- uh, furnace. Um, the king finally asked, who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands, and at this point you 'd be pretty nervous because it 's like okay you 're about to face death, I would be very ner- i 'm nervous up here, but yeah as you know, <laughs> you would be quite nervous and then they three men responded and said, "Oh King, we have no need to answer you in this matter." I thought wow <laughs> and then they go on to, to and explain that our God will save us yeah. that wasn 't the part that highlighted it was. But if not, we will still not bow down and worship your gold image. So, yeah, and then obviously God did appear and he did save them, came through. Um, The last one that was highlighted, which was a little bit of a turn, not a turn, but was in the book of uh, Job. So, as you know, the story of Job, um, yeah, he loses loses his 10 children, uh, his wealth, his health. um, But through all of that, he kept his faith in God. He never blamed God for the circumstances that he went through. You could see he struggled to comprehend why it had happened and why it never, uh, what was happening in his life. He could not understand it, but he never turned away from God. He took all of his questions and struggles to God. In the end, Job's prosperity was restored, and it said he lived a full life. Um, I think the key is here, Job kept his faith regardless of circumstance, it, it, as Joey was saying, it's, it can be hard, but it's keeping his eyes aligned on God through prosperity and diversity, so whether, whether, prayers, uh, whether prayers are unanswered or miracles are performed, or whether you're still in that season of struggle, one thing is certain, God is a good God, Proverbs 5, uh, 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. So, as we see throughout the Bible, God's plan is so much greater than what we can understand or comprehend. We can, pray for the things, uh, sorry, we can pray for what we want on this earth, but it's not about putting faith in the outcomes of our prayer or circumstances. It's about putting faith in him alone, regardless of the outcome.
1: Amazing, amazing, hua, very good. All right, we have one more. Can we? We we, we like to stand. Like if, for those of you that are guests, it's not that we like have to, but I think that there's, I think there's something, um, special, and biblical about honor before we receive. Sometimes yeah we we thank somebody at the end for a word and it's sort of like it's almost like payment for what we've already had. But in the kingdom, there's this beautiful thing about when we honor someone, we get to receive from them. So we're going to honor and welcome Chantel as our last quick fire. Let's pray for Chantel, maybe you shut your hands out. Lord, we thank you for Chantal Lord we thank you for the anointing on her life. Lord, we open our hearts. We honor her, Lord, to receive what you've placed upon her. Let there be an impartation this morning. Anoint her right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Your notes are amazing. You got to like, look at how, they're the most, these are the most aesthetically beautiful notes. Look at that. Sorry. Can you write my notes for me before I preach this time?
0: Wow, thank you. (laughs) Um, In the beginning, God gave us a gift. The gift of free will. That means that we have the ability to think, reason, and make our own choices. But we all know how the devil came disguised in his lies And used our gift against us. But God, being the loving and gracious Father that He is, didn't take our gift away from us. No. He's teaching us how to use it. It's all about the heart. God's always been and will always be after our hearts. And so now, it's a little bit like a lock and key, if you want a picture, Um, with the heart being the, the lock, and the key being this gift. It's all about the heart. If the heart is pure and true, this key unlocks the kingdom. But if the heart is evil and self-centered, the key unlocks chaos and destruction. So Paul gives us a few treasures, how to posture our hearts and how to use this key. In Romans 1.1, he says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, Set apart for the gospel of God. So the word servant here in the Greek is doulos, and doulos is a bond servant, and a bond servant is a servant by choice. Exodus twenty-one gives us a little bit of background on how to be a bond servant. Um, where it states the laws of slaves, and it says. In verse 2, when you buy a Hebrew slave or servant, he shall serve you for six years, and in the seventh year, he shall go out free for nothing. But verse 5 and 6 says, but if the slave plainly says, I love my master, my wife and my children, I will not go out free. His master shall bring him to God. He shall bring him to the door doorpost, door and he shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall be his slave or servant forever. So, to be a servant by choice, he is marked by a hole in his ear. And so, if we choose Jesus to be our master, servant by choice, we are marked with his presence. Ephesians 1.13 says that you are marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Acts 4.13 says that now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. We are marked by his presence. People can see him in us. Mark 1617 says that these signs will follow those who believe. It looks like something. Acts 1915, the evil spirit say to the sons of Shiva, "Jesus, I know, Paul, I recognize, but who are you? We are marked by his presence. I'm a bit of a chosen fan. And they portrayed this concept in one of their episodes really well, where the evil spirit in a man said to the disciples, you smell of it, you all smell of it, referring to holiness. We look like something. We are marked by His presence. Moses had to cover his face with a veil because he was marked by the presence of God. The three in the fire, which Blake talked about earlier, was marked by His presence. They didn't smell like smoke when they came out there. I would love to believe they smell like Jesus who was in there with them. We are marked by His presence. Not only are we a servant by choice, we are marked by Him. And then Jesus comes in John 15, 15, and He says, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant doesn't know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. We called his friends. Friends tell each other everything. They have a living relationship. We do life together. Jesus calls us friends. And Paul goes on and he says, we are called to be an apostle, or he's called to be an apostle. Apostle means servant or messenger. The Strong's Dictionary says that, or also refers to it as ambassador. We are according to the word, called to be ambassadors of Christ. So not only do we choose to be his servant, we are marked by his presence, but we're also called to be ambassadors. Set apart for the gospel of God. Set apart for one purpose and one purpose only. The word set apart and the word holy has got the same root word in Hebrew. The Amplified Version of Ephesians 1.4 says it beautifully, even as in His love He chose us, actually He picked us out for Himself as His own in Christ before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy, consecrated, and set apart for Him. We are set apart for one thing only, and it's for Him, and He wanted us for before the foundations of this world to choose Him, because He chose us first. If you have never made the decision to have Jesus as your as your Master, be His. One servant, he's servant by choice, marked by his presence, an ambassador for him and his kingdom, then I would love to speak to you afterwards. Yes. But if you have made this decision and the distractions of life just came in the way, would you get on your face and say, Jesus, I choose you. Once again, I choose you. Thank you for what you've done for me on the cross. Thank you that I can be your, your servant, your bond servant, your loss. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.
1: Can we stand together? Maybe the music team can come up. I've asked Chantelle to stay because I want her to pray. I love the thread the Holy Spirit weaves through three messages. They didn't check with each other. You have a choice. He's given us free will. That's the beauty of relationship with the Creator King. If we didn't have a choice to do it our own way, it wouldn't be The amazing relationship that it is when we choose Him. He's given us a choice. And when we say yes to Him, we get marked by His presence. This morning, will you choose the better thing? Will you choose the one thing? To sit at His feet. To make time in His presence. You have a choice. To praise, despite the circumstance you have a choice to see the goodness of God even when everything in the natural seems like it's falling apart you have a choice to come to him and say Lord fill me again Lord fill me again because you're worthy you're worthy you're worthy you have a choice to fix your gaze upon him in faith A.W. Tozer says, Faith is the gaze of the soul upon a saving God. Faith is a focus. You have a choice to praise or to grumble. You have a choice to focus on the circumstances or to focus on the king. You have a choice to dethrone yourself from the throne of your life and to choose to be a bond-servant of Christ. We
0: hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.